Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on CSNP, Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. CSNP has a lineup of rotating shows throughout the month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez, who just was ordained as a Circle Sanctuary minister, alternating weeks in English and Spanish. You can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, and I'm the host for this fun show, on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. Wednesdays feature Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. Are you in the mood for some magic? Then you'll want to tune in on Thursday for Moon Magic with Jeanette and David Ewing. It is such a fun and informative lineup of shows, so make sure you try them all. Tonight, we're going to be talking to Reverend Mari Powers, a Circle Sanctuary Minister, about her tradition of fairy. Mari is a master tarot reader who's been helping people find guidance from the invisible universe for over 30 years. She has a passion for helping people uncover the answers to some of life's most difficult questions and believes in empowering people so that they can come to really trust themselves. One way she does it is her tarot card reading classes, which she's offered since 1980. Mari received her first tarot deck at age 15, and became serious about reading for others and teaching in her mid-twenties. She has a unique style of reading that offers a client a variety of layouts, tarot decks to choose from. She encourages taking notes and photos of a card layout, and even provides the layout sheet to take notes on, so the reading is easier to remember. She does not ask for nature the information they need until after she reads the cards. This is helpful in that she can read from her intuition and not being distracted from her own opinion. After her initial reading, she discusses the information and the question posed with the client to help them integrate the information shared. And I highly recommend her. She did a reading for me on Circle Talk, and it came very true, and I'm um, excited to talk with her tonight. In addition, Mari is an ordained minister for Circle Sanctuary and facilitates rites of passage such as weddings, memorial services, and child blessings. Mari is also a Reiki II initiate and a master in guided meditation. She teaches classes on a wide variety of subjects, including guided meditation, <clears throat> tarot reading, storytelling, poetry, <clears throat> how to construct a custom ceremony and astrology, connecting with your power animals, and called by deities and guides. Mari lives in Madison, Wisconsin. She loves gardening, poetry, rituals, cooking, teaching, and learning. I'm very excited for you all to meet, talk with her again. And if you want more information about Mari or you need to schedule a reading, you can go to www.maripowers.com. That's www.maripowers.com. Welcome, Mari. It's good to have you again. I'm good to be here. It's interesting to talk about something other than astrology or tarot. I know, it is fun. But before we get to that, I want to give a plug because I've had several people ask me. Now, in this time of COVID, I know most people are familiar of going to a shop, or I know you have worked with Mimosa, to go there and to have an in-person reading. What are you doing at the times of COVID when people can't get together? Well, first of all, I have moved to La Crosse, Wisconsin as of September 1st. And I am doing phone or voiceover Zoom type readings to, you know, international clients Um, upon occasion. I'm still available to help plan custom ceremonies, although I may not be able to facilitate them depending on the place, time, you know, what's going on out there in the world. Um, And I'm also been doing some 
personal work and writing and um, ministerial work that is basically, what do you call it, um, pro bono <laughs> for people oh, who are having a tough time, you know, in this time. But if someone uh, wants a reading, you're able to do it very easily online or on the telephone, correct? Correct. Absolutely correct. And uh, as you said, you know, I have a variety of decks and, and layouts and, uh, um, you know, varied amounts of time and a great deal of flexibility in time. So we go with that. Um, Mimosa um, is, is still closed. But I'd like to give them a little plug because they're operating online with live auctions and uh, teaching classes on crystals and crystal healing and, um, you know, maintaining their online presence uh, all over the world. So, you know, check Absolutely. them out. books and gifts in and Wisconsin. Um, they refer people to me from time to time. That's great. Yeah, I would like to give a plug because we need to, um, you know, those who can afford it, um, please, um, you know, frequent our um, our um, pagan shops and, um, you know, so that we have them here so that they all don't go by the wayside. So, That's right. so I'm excited. Hey, people can too. buy things at Circle. I've got a friend who makes incense for 25 years. And even though she only lives a little over an hour away, I ordered from her on Etsy. I mean, yeah, it's a good time to support our pagan artists and writers. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm very excited. I know just a little bit about the fairy tradition to be dangerous. So I was so mm-hmm. pleased that you and I've had and, it, and people have questions about, but they don't particularly if. Unless they know someone, they they don't know a lot about it. So that's true. It's very much an oral tradition, right? So tell us first of all, just a little bit about what it even is. Well, there's been more published about fairy f e r i in the last you know eight to ten years than there were in the preceding sixty years before that. And what a lot of uh, witches do not realize is that many of our earliest um, examples and still living uh, folks in this world who broke barriers for um, witches and pagans and, and shamans and druids and all kinds of people um, do not realize that many of these people trace their lineage back to Victor and Cora Anderson. And so what I will be talking about tonight is Anderson Ferry. And I like to think of it as a tree. They're um, <laughs> all part of the Anderson Ferry tree. Um, there are branches and there are actual fruits that have dropped from the tree and begun to grow a new tree and yet trace their roots back to the mother tree. Oh, that's so a nice give you way some of examples of some famous uh, pagan people who, um, you know, blazed the trail. Uh, one, of course, was Starhawk. Uh, Starhawk wrote the book um, the spiral dance uh, after about six or eight months after she was initiated by Victor Anderson into the fairy tradition. And though she later went on to form a branch that became a tree in reclaiming, mm-hmm. um, the mother root has always, and she has always given credence and uh, honor to Victor Anderson. Another is um, Maka Nightmare, who I believe was initiated by Starhawk and wrote the mm-hmm. pagan book of Living and Dying with her and now teaches at Cherry Hill uh, Seminary. 
I come from the lineage of Allison Harlow, and she was initiated by Victor and his first initiate, Gwydion Pandaren, um, in in the very early days. And uh, she formed the Wings of Anthe and later the Fire Drake uh, tradition and um, is part of the Anderson Fairy Tree. Um, and uh, in that sense, um, was initiated by one of the founders, Victor, and his first initiate, Gwydion. Um mm-hmm. She was instrumental along with Maka and some other people um, in founding the Covenant of the Goddess. And unlike Circle, it was not meant to be a full church that Uh was an ordination-based tradition, um, Mm -hmm. churches ordained, but Allison felt strongly that there needed to be a witch uh, 501c3 that could credential without preference to various witch trads. So mm-hmm. Cog is based on that model of, you know, stating that you're a witch and why you're a witch. And I was uh, recommended and accepted into Cog through Allison as an elder in the community because by the time I did that, I had already been ordained by Circle and had been active mm-hmm. with them since I was 19. I'm moving on to my 12th year of initiation. Fairy is yeah. an initiatory and shamanistic um, tradition of witchcraft that emphasizes more natural and wild human magic and sorcery. And it combines a, a unique um, intertwining of American um, traditions, unlike uh, the ones that came from England and Gerald Gardner and the Alexa- Alexandrian traditions. Right. I've it is, it is also not static. ceremonial magic. Hmm? Right. It's been called ex- an ex- static tradition versus um, a fertility tradition. That is correct. I think that would be correct to say. Um, we're known to be anarchistic in the sense, and you know, anarchists in the sense that we don't have any particular book or, um, you know, we have variations between the lines. Um, and we rely on our own poetic experiences and uh, interests. Um, there's only a, one initiation in theory, only one. Say that again. Unlike some. What? I say, repeat that, I didn't hear you. There are, there is only one initiation okay. in theory. And. Um, unlike others that have, you know, a hierarchical model. Right. And then you're a full fairy priest or priestess. Uh, Originally, they called it fairy, um, F-A-E-R-Y or Mm -hmm. F-A-R-E-I or F-A-I-R-Y. And Victor changed that to fairy, F-E-R-Y, fairy, to distinguish it from other fairy Wiccan paths. The fae, who we consider sentient beings, only a small part of our uh, connection to nature deities. Um, We have a pantheon, and yet we also believe that whoever calls you, calls you. We're open to a a huge range of uh, diversity. Um, 
in our practices, um, and yet we do have some common core. Um, the historical origin of fairy is clouded in myth and mystery, I guess you would say. Uh, Victor would say all gods are fairy gods, so you couldn't go wrong okay. there. Um, and that it originally came out of Africa thousands of years ago, uh, referencing the little people as they turn up in the legends around the world. Um, he was part Jewish, part probably Mexican, part Philippine. He was a real mix, a small, uh, short in stature, uh, darker-skinned man. And um, he had been, according to the book, American Shaman, initiated by an African priestess when he was quite young. A lot of this is cloaked in mystery simply because at that time, you know, 70 years ago, it was not safe to be or name names of any kind. And so um, he refers to his initiator as Corcolina, which means star goddess. Um, Mm -hmm. No names are given. Uh, There is evidence that um, she may have been traveling with a circus in the area that he lived. He also studied with some Hawaiian kahuna folk. And from there come our basis for our ha prayer and our kala rite, which are spiritual purification and energy raising rites. And yet he said that he was prohibited in this lifetime from actually traveling to Hawaii, although he did send uh, another woman in his stead named Cornelia, and she wrote a book called The American Shaman, which is about Victor Anderson. And it's a very good book and half with a lot of interesting historical documentation. Um, the terminology is very focused, a little confusing. Hmm? I was going to ask. Yeah. So, um, how did what drew you to the fairy tradition, or how did you get involved? How it was like twelve years Circle ago. Circle of course. Circle okay. of course. I mean. I met Allison Harlow at one of the very first PSGs with, you know, 70 to 90 people. And um, I've got a picture of her and Selena together. And I know Selena went out and visited the California folk um, in their various traditions, including Mm -hmm. ones that were not fairy in California early on. And, um, of course, uh, have hosted quite a few uh, fairy initiates, uh, Storm Fairy Wolf, uh, Starhawk, mm-hmm. um, uh, Maka Nightmare, and so on. Um, do so you, is, do you practice over... hmm? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Do you practice oh, and then um, I became best friends with a couple who were buying land out in California with Allison, who wrote science fiction and was a computer programmer and was invited twice, my husband and I, to move to California and buy a place in Eclectica, which is a 35-year community, Mm -hmm. cooperative living, and then and again, later to San Leandro, to our friend's house. We turned down both of those opportunities because of Midwest connections and children. But, um, you know, what is to be is to be. And later, um, uh, after Circle moved 
from Richland Center, uh, there was a gathering of the elders held there for several years, and that's where I really connected with Allison and Jate and Maka and Francesca de Grancia, who was also an initiate of Victor's and formed her own road, the third trad. I met Karina Blackheart, who teaches Blackheart Rose there another year. I mean, there were people there, you know, um, and Allison and I, I was in a ritual with her, and we became very close, and I began to learn from her. Um, Unfortunately, uh, she died too young and very quickly, like within a month of diagnosis um, in 2003. And I backed away from fairy for almost two years, and then I went back and continued my studies with her last initiate and was initiated in California going on 12 years ago. And when I did, I have to tell you, Deborah, that all the years of study of the craft, of ceremonial magic, of pagan, of this, of that, fell into place, and I felt like I was home. Wow. And so that has been my path ever since, and I keep learning more about it every day. Do, um, if when you are, after you're initiated, is this a path that you practice solitary or are you in a group like a coven or tell me a little bit about how fairy is structured? Well, it's structured all over the place. There are covens. There are what are called unaffiliated fairy people who initiated into a particular tradition and then grew in a different direction. And they didn't, they they always honored their oath mother or oath father, but they decided to practice differently. Um, mm-hmm. And I am, I guess, both. Um, I have a circle of three people that I initiated and a couple of other people that I talk with that do some practices. And I'm open to do a very small amount of fairy training. It's a very small part of what I do. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very one-on-one and intensive over a period of years. Um, so I just had a group gathering with my three initiates um, over Samhain. And it was oh. fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous, the full blue moon and the woods and the fire and ceremony and just all of it was just fabulous. Um, My particular tradition focused a lot on the dark goddesses because Allison was a feminist and a political Uh activist in that way, and so she wanted to reclaim and her favorite goddess was Aster Vancy, who is a very little-known Etruscan goddess. Um, it was Lilith. We also short, shared a common love of Yemaya from mm-hmm. the Vudan uh, or Santerian tradition. Right. And a favorite cult movie called, um, oh, God, it had Val Kilmer. Real genius. So that was our favorite movie together. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen it lately or at all, I recommend it highly. Real Genius by Val Kilmore. It's just as relevant today, if not more, than it was then. Um, You want a little more history? Well, I was going to ask some questions. So um, tell me, um, do do um, folks in the fairy tradition, um, do you practice magic? 
I mean, do you have rituals? Tell me what your oh, celebration is like. Absolutely. I mean, we um, we we believe that fairy is a magical science, and um, so we do a lot of work with guided meditation, um, personal guardian, uh, ritual warning, discernment. Um, practicing whatever psychic gifts you were given because that is a part of being fairy or witch. Um, so, mm, the Andersons, you know, did a lot of teaching by storytelling, but they mm-hmm. also did um, initiatory work that helped people open up their psychic abilities. Um, astral travel was huge. Victor Anderson was not only a small, little bit darker-skinned man than you or I, um, mm-hmm. but he was a shaman and a healer and he would take people on journeys and teach them to journey. Um, He said that, you know, they don't particularly follow the Wiccan read that, you know, they do understand the return uh, Mm -hmm. of consequences and are very careful that way. And yet, um, there's stories, for instance, about, oh, there was a evangelical Protestant that was calling Victor a devil worshiper and mm-hmm. praying over him and everything. And Victor told him, look, don't don't pray over me. That's like spiritual rape. Leave me alone. <laughs> and the guy would listen. And eventually some of his, uh, hmm, Let's just call them sexual misdemeanors in church came to light and he left town. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So there are times um, when we carefully initiate a contract with the Fae in mind, uh-huh. if you understand what I mean. Um, uh-huh. They're trickier than any lawyer. Uh-huh. So you need to be very clear, not emotional, um, but we do very little spell work, um, but we do have a commonality in regular practices. Um, one is called the Iron Pentacle, where we are the star, and we have five points of the pentacle that we work with for divination, diagnostic, energy work, uh, and they are sex, pride, power, uh, self, and um, prize. Anyway, um, there's five. Um, and so we have the, the five-pointed star. We have the seven-pointed star, which is above, below, and center, included with, um, we have, we believe we're one of the few craft traditions, although not in the world religions, where we believe that we have a triple soul. Oh, talk about that. I've not heard that. What what does that mean, triple soul? Yeah, the triple soul is uh, a combination of what we call the etheric body, which is that thin blue light of intense electrical energy that runs right around your body, sometimes uh-huh. called the fetch, and it's associated with emotion, and it's what we literally send a part out of us. We send the fetch out to obtain information and bring it back. And then we have the auric body, which is the mental body and can be anywhere from six inches to six feet, depending on how far out you throw it. Very charismatic charismatic people can throw it, you know, 20, 40, 50 feet across the room. Um, And that's the astral body you know, which is often portrayed as a halo or something like that Mm -hmm. and comes in different colors, auric. 
I call it the luminous egg. And then there is the amakua. And amakua is our connected self-soul body, which connects us to all else that are living sentient beings. And we often call it um, the white dove. Amakua is the white dove. Um, A primary creation story is of the star goddess who looks over a dark curved mirror in the blackness of the night and sees Mm -hmm. her own reflection, falls in love with it, and gives birth to the stars and the planets and to the divine twins, Malak Toth, the peacock god, and Beyond Glass, which is like a vegetative, supercharged, uh, regenerative god. Mm. And there's a lot of gender bending that goes on in fairy. Um, the divine twins become brothers, sisters, lovers, and dance um, back and forth around the Lemus Gate, which is the Mobius strip. So we have some that are associated with fairy, like we have Nimue for the new moon, we have Mari for the full moon, and we have um, Dark Anna for the dark of the moon. And uh, again, a lot of us uh, delve into paths of Morgan or Lilith um, again, uh, and Banthi, which is an Etruscan goddess, all very from around the world. Um, some pay special heed to Pele because they resonate with the Hawaiian part <laughs> of their faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are initiations done like um, in a group setting? Are they private between initiator and initiatee how is it um are are the initiation ceremonies um oath bound that you don't share what goes on in them i'm just curious about your initiation initiations are not depending on which branch you practice completely oath bound but what would be the joy of an initiation if you right. knew what no, was going to happen. Yeah, it's private. Right. I was going to say, some initiations, um, some traditions are, you know, people are invited, um, and others, it's very um, private. Right. Well, our initiations, I would say 99% of the time, if not more, um, are only attended to by other initiates. Okay. Because if anyone is in training or interested in the future, we don't want to spoil it for them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then um, Allison was more open than many. She said that the secrets and the mysteries are hidden in plain view. Reveal them slowly. Right. Okay. And um, so... The only true um, oath that we all hold jointly is the secret name of the goddess and God and the passing of the fairy current. But I would Mm -hmm. say, yes, initiation ceremonies are considered private. And then in addition to that, certain lines consider certain learnings and practices, what we call third level, you know, where Mm -hmm. if an average time to become an initiate if if it were average at three years it would be third year Mm -hmm. and some traditions are more secretive than others Mm -hmm. are done um, cross sex like male to female female to male or same sex or does it matter it does not matter not at all um there is um, what we call um, the red road 
and the initiation of the heart. And the red mm-hmm. road is where the great rite takes place, either with a beloved partner or someone of the initiate's choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, but not flagrant. The mm-hmm. initiation of the heart is where you make a promise to seal the initiation, the loved one who feels right and comes your way, whether they're fairy mm-hmm. or not. So those are the two roads that people have. And there's an absolute, what do you call it? Um, we, we have really good ethics and consent. Um, it is abhorrent to us if any teacher would engage with any student of any right. age. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it's abhorrent. And, um, you know, consent is absolute. You know, there may be people of all types, um, you know, LGBT, bi, poly, whatever. But uh, consent is incredibly important. So what are some And of always the, has uh, been. What are some of the, like, daily spiritual practices, or what about some of the um, spiritual practices that you um, practice that is specifically um, based in the fairy tradition? Well, um, the honoring of ancestors, of course, is kind of cross. Um, mm-hmm. We have a practice of honoring our mighty dead, which are those fairy who have gone before us um, and blazed the trail in addition to our personal ones. Um, then also uh, we have what we call the Ha Prayer, which is... Uh, a set of um, four different breathing exercises that we repeat four Uh times and raise energy. And then we have the cholerite, which is the purification of water and the purification of ourselves. Um, And those are pretty much daily practices. And then from there, you know, people are very different. You know, I have a friend who has a daily practice of feeding the wild ones in the forest and the flora and fauna right. and fish. And I have another one who, you know, feeds Odin because Odin has called to him. Uh-huh. I do a prayer to Yemaya um, at least once a month. Another um has a, a a temple of Inanna um, where they do a, a Zoom ritual once every four to six weeks. Um, so the way that people practice, you know, we have and the Iron Pentacle, of course, for diagnostic and raising energy purposes um, uh-huh. are very common amongst all branches. So what Please. are go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say what um and and what I've noticed in every tradition that there's some misconceptions. What is a misconception that you think people have about the fairy tradition? <laughs> well, some people have called us a quote sex cult. Unquote. Oh, I thought it would be that re- we're elitist, but but yeah, that's interesting. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, you know, just because we have for the longest time been open to positive um, expressions of sexuality doesn't mean right for all people. Right, right for all people, and we've attracted a lot of. Um, you know, diversity amongst uh, gender types and um, preference types. And so um, 
you know, sometimes that's a misconception that people think, you know, that it's all a, a free-for-all. And right. it most definitely is not. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a pantheon, um, but you're going to hear about, you know, you know, certain particular deities. And then, you know, people also don't understand that you can have a secondary or, or, or even primary, I guess you'd call it first. And you, there's only one initiation in fairy, but Allison also was an initiate in the Gardnerian tradition. And, mm-hmm. um, other people have had an initiation in Santeria. Um, we've recently collected a, a group of people from Brazil. And so, you know, they bring with them their culture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and Australia and the Philippines and Hawaii. We are definitely not. We have some Celtic deities. Um but we are definitely not a European-based um, tradition. We are truly American. Oh, I did not realize that. That is exciting. It is very different. I mean, certainly Victor corresponded with once or twice Gerald Gardner and, you know, read his work and said it was okay, but, you know, that was not his thing. And he, um, he was born in, um, say, 1944. So they were contemporary so, yeah. age five. Yeah, older, older than, than many of our elders that are still living, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. In fact, he and Cora met, um, hmm. Victor died in 2001, and Cora followed a few years later, and they taught at least 30 people over a span of about 40 years. Um, wow. Their 50th wedding anniversary was in 1984, and Cora Anderson wrote a book called Um, 60 years in the fairy tradition. She came from the Appalachian Mountains and brought with her the root magic of and Hedgewitch knowledge of that uh, area in America to it. Um, We're expected to help. Is fairy tradition geographic? What I have found in talking with people, it seems like in certain areas of the country, more traditions are prominent than others. Is fairy based um, anywhere in the United States? It has the most members in California, but we've branched out to Massachusetts, the uh, UK, Italy, Brazil, uh, wow. I've, I've zoomed with a guy in China who's from Brazil and te- and teaching English and learning Mandarin. You know, so um, we've spread out quite a lot in the last ten years. Um, before that, we were we were pretty much a, a very low key mystery religion, um, mm-hmm. but we became the flavor of the month. Thornsey Cole, um, right? We. You know, is 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 a fairy initiate, as is Sharon Knight, and she's a prominent artist. And mm-hmm. you know, these people and Raven um, Fairy Wolf has written several books about the fairy tradition. His last is the best. And then there are other traditions that call themselves fairy, but they're not F E R I. But there is some interlapping. Mm, well, at least in trans journey, there's there's some things that interlap a little bit. Um, but you know, from 
from San Diego to, um, like I said, Massachusetts, New York, England, Australia, Brazil, we've really spread. If someone is interested, um, although many people, myself included, believe that when the student's ready, the teacher will come, but how would someone, what do you suggest someone do to get, is there a book they should read, or how should they find out more information? Um, there's, yeah, a couple things there. The first, if you want to talk to some teachers or correspond with them, I would go to uh, Raven Fairy Wolf's website, and he has a list of links, and I'm on it. Okay. That are in different geographical locations. Um, some of us believe in, that we can do more or less long distance. We must physically circle with a person, and we must do the initiation in person. Um, so that is a a limitation for some. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of what we do is oral tradition. Um and so it can be done very well, um, distance. Um, some charge, some don't. There's also mm-hmm. a, a split there. Um, some are more intellectual and some are more experiential. Um, mm-hmm. And then just basically you need to find a teacher that you resonate with. Absolutely. Uh, and you know there are there are not as many teachers as there would be students. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way of it, because well, I, well, Circle has the same. Yeah, it's a know, lot of tradition. You know, a lot more people applying yeah. than than actually go through the entire program. Right, and a lot of people. Um, think they want something and and once they get started they find out it's not for them exactly exactly I've had a I had one student start with me that you know we went pretty far together and then she chose to be with another teacher who I recommended Mm because I thought they were a better fit um I have Mm -hmm. an initiate who um you know blesses everything that I taught him and mm-hmm. we're still close and we still circle together but he's kind of more interested in some of the intellectual types you know that work at mm-hmm. Cherry Hill Seminary or you know do book clubs and you know that kind of thing than I am mm-hmm. so you know I never ever I'm not a teacher that says you can't study with somebody else while you're studying with me. No, I say go and see what there is. So there's never a guarantee to student or teacher of initiation until you get on what we call the initiatory track and that is equivalent to a third year but it could be your sixth year or your second Yeah, I was going to ask that. Um, In many traditions, um, um, and I'm I'm more familiar with Alexandria and Gardnerian, that they they, call it a year and a day, that, you know, there's like a time Mm -hmm. period of study before initiation. Does Ferry have any guidelines like that? Yes, we do. After initiation, there's a year and a day where you're prohibited Mm -hmm. from teaching, so you let the initiation settle in. Mm-hmm. But that's your, smart. But the archives are open, and you can be on the ferry only list. One on Yahoo and one on Facebook. So, and then you have privilege to learn and talk with anyone in the ferry tradition. It's really interesting. What? What type of person do you think is drawn to the fairy tradition? I think mystics, shamans, artists, poets, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the very first book that Victor published that I recommend as a first book that people read is uh-huh. um, uh, Blood of the Thorn Rose. Um, or, I'm sorry, Thorns of the Blood Rose. And uh, he also wrote another poetry book called Lilith Garden. And um, he wrote a book called Etheric Anatomy. Um, some other people wrote a book called The Heart of the Initiate about their training with Victor. Mm-hmm. As I said, there's The American Shaman. There's a lot of really good books in the arena and the only policing that we really do in fairy is if someone claims to be an initiate and they're not or they're trying to glom on to other fairies um, by pretending that they're friends with you know what I mean mm-hmm. we cut them off we cut them off I would like to read a poem um, by okay. Victor Anderson Corcolina, the star goddess. It's in Thorns of the Blood Rose, uh, copyright 1980. Okay? And it's about his initiation. A lovely black woman is waiting, waiting, in the boundless night. A river of blackbirds are mating, mating, in the dim starlight. Down out of the sky they come winging, winging, drawn to her black flame. And the melody that they are singing, singing, is her holy name. In the dust of her feet are the hosts of heaven, and her star-sequined hair is crowned with the coven of six and seven, blue suns burning there. She has shown me the dreadful place of hiding where the doves egg lie, the wonder and the joy of the first dividing into night and day. In love beyond love, she is calling, calling, till the sea gives birth, and the life-giving rain comes falling, falling on the fruitful earth. Where under green willows a stream is flowing, there the dark tall pine at his resonant heart is growing and growing with the urge divine. Though fettered in chains in a world of sorrow in the reek of men, her kiss has made me remember tomorrow where my soul has been. The night will soon come when my spirit flying to freedom and rest shall fall like a drone being dying, dying of love to her breast. That was beautiful. We love poetry. I have a class called Poetry is Liturgy. <laughs> that I thought is, it was the one. That is absolutely beautiful. Well, Gwydion Cameron, as the first initiate of Victor Anderson, also cut the first pagan album. In fact, two of them. And they are still available on CD. They've been remastered. Um, are they poetry? It is the, the fairy, no, they're music. The fairy shaman. Oh. And some of them you've probably heard and not realized they were Gwydion. The fairy shaman and um, another, oh, let's see. The fairy shaman and songs of the old religion. Um, and the second person to cut a pagan LP, two of them, was Jim Allen from Circle. Mm-hmm. And Gwydion came to a pre-PSG, and I remember him strolling around the campfires with his bright red hair flaming, um, and Jim Allen, their acoustic guitars singing. We didn't have microphones then. That's so fun. <laughs> Well, I cannot believe an hour has flown by. Um, That's right. I I really want to thank you for coming. You are like the best guest. You are so interesting to talk to. Um, Well, thank you, Deborah. So we really thank you 
for coming, and we definitely are going to have you on again. Um, and remember, if you like, I can send you some bibliological information, you know, for you to look up or share as you will. Okay. Uh, we will let our listeners know. And remember, if you'd right. like more information or you want to schedule a reading with Mari, please go to www.maripowers.com. That's M-A-R-I-P-O-W-E-R-S.com. Besides uh, Mari, I'd like to thank David, our sound engineer, for his technical expertise. And finally, I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network podcast or CSNP. Our next Circle Talk will be Tuesday, November 17th, and we'll be talking with author and village witch Brian Ballard. I look forward to being with all of you all again, so please come back. We'll now transition our show with a musical selection. Good night, everyone, and blessed be. Blessed be. Send
you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connected to the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.